me. No, I'm just a worm. Oh. Come inside and meet the missus. No, thank you, but I have to solve this labyrinth. But there aren't any turns or any openings or anything. It just goes on and on and... Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I'm your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have Jeff and Jen. That is Jeff Baron Fang, host of the Point Street Podcast. Jeff, how you doing? Hey, good. And that's Jen, the Dark Princess, writer on The Attic. Jen, how are you doing? Great, thanks. All right, so I have my star-studded cast here for our film today, which is Labyrinth, the 1986 Jim Henson classic, quote-unquote, Labyrinth. Uh... As always, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast, so while we try to keep it to the movie at hand, our basic rule is anything that has had any kind of official release is considered on the table and fair game, so you've been warned. Alright, so this movie, uh, it was it was a 1986 movie, and I saw it shortly thereafter. I don't think I saw it in 86, but I was it was still the 80s when I saw this movie, and I did not see it again until I watched it in preparation for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So uh, it's basically like going in fresh. I mean, there was very little that actually felt familiar and that I remembered. Mm -hmm. Um, This is easily, hands down, without any question, the worst movie I have ever had to watch for Hero Talk. Even worse than Ghostbusters 2? I would watch Ghostbusters 2 a hundred times before I watch this movie again. Wow. There's at no fun. point in any other movie I've watched for Hero Talk, and I mean, I'm including Batman Returns in this, did I ever, as many times, stop the movie and check to see how much time I had left. <laughs> All the time, I'm like, oh, man, is this almost done? There's another hour of this? <laughs> It's actually not ab- it's it's not abnormally long either. It's only a hundred minutes. <laughs> Is it really? Like it like felt like two hours. and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's long for a kids for a, for a kids film though. I have to admit that seems a bit long to me. I mean that does seem like you know like it'd yeah. be challenging the attention span of well, a younger it, it person. It seems like this movie really should have been maybe maybe seventy five minutes long because they definitely only had about seventy five minutes worth of content. Yeah, until you added the Bowie songs. Oh, the Bowie songs. I, you know, I had somehow completely forgotten that there was music in this, too, until Bowie just starts breaking out in song. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. In those tight pants with all the Muppets. Oh, my. Oh, so you know, long. I, there's not a whole lot in this world that I would say was beneath David Bowie, but I think we found it. <laughs> Oh, this, I I don't have anything good to say about this movie, sadly. And I mean, and this is I mean, I I watched Batman Returns and Ghostbusters two for this podcast, and neither one of those I had this much of an issue with. But this one, this is awful. I don't know. What did you guys think? Well, I have I, I have I have some history with the film, and I'm probably in that uh, in the generation for which this is considered to be a cult film. And but I have to admit, I wouldn't I don't think I would have any warm feelings for it at all if it wasn't a film that was like around when I was a kid. Because uh, other than the fact that it's a Henson film, and obviously I've got affection for Jim Henson, mm-hmm. um, and I liked The Dark Crystal, um, and I I always connect these two. And of course I would. They're only four right. years apart, and they're both Henson films, and they both have Muppet puppet creatures, whatever you want to call it, in it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it it's campy to the like past the point of where you can enjoy the camp as as an adult. I find and the music for 
I probably I probably actually enjoy one of the songs, enjoy making fun of one or two of the others, and loathe the rest. <laughs> uh, and and I I do like Bowie, but this this is like this is like so bad it's good type performance territory. No, you're so. only half right there. <laughs> <laughs> so so for me, it's it's a movie that I I look through I I can look through the perspective of you know having enjoyed it as a kid and 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 you know recognizing that it was uh, a film that's important to you know people you know around my age who grew up with it but if i look at it dispassionately it's not very good and the structure of it isn't very good and there's better creature design jim henson's um creature shop or whatever you call it has come up with better designs and stuff than this too you know there there's uh yeah i i i've got pretty mixed feelings about it now to be honest it's it's interesting like you're sitting here going like oh well i kind of like this movie even though this was bad and this was bad and this wasn't very good and this wasn't all that great and i kind of make fun of this part but yeah no i kind of like this movie <laughs> it's it's I I have I have to kind of like you know uh, accept that I'm not gonna like it as an adult the way that I did when I was a kid really it doesn't it doesn't it, it doesn't hold up which I've a ter- which is a term that we've probably overused you and I in particular a yeah. lot <laughs> Greg but that's that's the least I can say about it it, it there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, uh, making fun of rather than fun with going on when I watch Labyrinth these days. Yeah, I, I will say that uh, after watching this movie very recently, I'm now fully aware of why it has been 25 plus years since I've seen this movie because <laughs> it, I mean, I just, it was so unwatchable. I'm like, ah, I, even as a kid, I can't imagine myself watching this movie and being entertained. Uh, so, Jen, this was your first viewing <laughs> of Labyrinth, right? It was. So, where I do had... you stand? Okay, well, it came, I again, I had never seen it. Uh-huh. I watched it solely for for you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it came out the year I was born, and that kind of offends me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really thought, I grew up on Muppets. I loved them. I watched Muppet yeah. Babies. I watched, you know, all uh-huh. the Muppet movies. And right. Very fond memories of that side of Muppetville. To me, Hanson, I saw a whole other side of this movie that I did not expect. It aggravated me. I couldn't stand the movie. I kept also pausing to check the time. <laughs> I considered just coming back to it later, but it was like, no, you got to like power through it and just get it over with. I just kept thinking he was like a really messed up person. Like, I know that's really mean and I'm sorry, but I, I just I don't understand how it was so dark and twisted. Like, well, at the same time, like kids. not having any charm to it. No charm. Yeah. I had no like. I wasn't engaged. I didn't care about anybody. The characters that were her, quote, friends annoyed the crap out of me. So you All weren't I a big fan thinking, of Ludo and Hoggle and Didymus? <laughs> no. All I kept thinking through the whole movie, though, was like, I'm pretty sure Henson, at some point in the 60s, got some acid. You know, it's the 60s. Mm-hmm. Left it somewhere in his house. It sat for like it. 20 years. <laughs> One night, everyone that made the movie just tripped out and created this movie, and it bugs me i don't i it makes me i hate this movie i hate it when i mentioned to jen (laughs) that there was a monty python connection to the writing i.e terry jones she i (sighs) think she she i i'm i don't know if she said verbatim but it like she was like oh (laughs) that that, that i guess that's why (laughs) yeah you know just everything i hated the music i hated bowie yeah no i'm with you i'm with you there was uh I, I can't. I I tried so hard to think of something redeemable because the entire time I watch these movies, I have to keep in mind that somewhere at the end of this podcast, I'm going to ask everybody what their favorite part is. 
I know what my favorite part is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know what mine is too. But we'll get to that. I it was it's so hard when you're trying to think of like, do I even enjoy this part? Do I enjoy this? I mean, everything took yeah. so long, and the directing. I mean, I guess maybe I just haven't seen Jim Henson actually direct things that are supposed to be dramatic before, because it was terrible. You never had a good view of things, and I, they're trying to like play all these like trickery, like, oh, look how crazy this world is. But in my head, I'm just rolling my eyes going, like, oh, can she just please get to the Goblin Castle? <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I don't even know what to talk about. So we're going to go through the cast. Um, I'm not going to talk about the puppeteers, though, <laughs> because that's that's 90% of the people in this movie are puppeteers. All, all you need to know, in all seriousness, it's a who's who of the typical Henson people who are all very skilled at what they do and not much more means yeah. said about it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... Uh, Frank Oz, yeah, uh, Kevin Clash, Clash, David Goals, like it's all the big yeah. guys. It's it's everybody you would expect who was working with Jim Henson. All right, so we have David Bowie as Jareth, the Goblin King. Mm. Now, I I guess maybe when you're a kid you don't start to ask this question, but when you grow <laughs> up you're like, all right, so why was the Goblin King just listening in on this girl for this whole time, waiting for her to say this very specific phrase? Yeah. Which wasn't all that magical in the first place. Also, why is he, you know, five foot eleven and clearly not a goblin? <laughs> right. Or sometimes, why is he a very poorly CGI'd owl? Yeah, yeah, that too. I, I, I mean, David Bowie. He's been in a handful of things, and I'm all in all not against the guy acting. But I guess maybe once the '70s were done, Bowie just didn't have a calling, and <laughs> this wasn't it. Mm. He was courted pretty hard by Henson for this role too. There was like a three-year process of trying to get him in, and I was I was telling Jen before. Apparently, they considered like a lot of other pop stars, like uh, Sting, Prince, Mick Jagger, Michael Jackson, were all like people that were on the table, whether they were offered it or not. But yeah, uh, Henson had his eye on Bowie because. Well, I'll read you a quote here. Uh, I don't. We don't normally do this on the show, but this this is apparently Henson's uh, reasoning. I wanted to put two characters of flesh of bone in the middle of these artificial creatures, and Bowie embodies a certain maturity with his sexuality, ugh, his disturbing mm. aspects, and all of sorts of things that cate- categorize the adult world. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need a shower after hearing that. <laughs> I don't want to hear sexuality kind of Jim Henson's mouth. Especially when he's talking about somebody who's playing off of uh, Jennifer Connelly, who yeah. was 15 actually, years old. Actually 15, yeah. <laughs> actually 15 years old when in this... Oh, man. That's yeah. that's a whole new yeah. a whole new level of sickness right there. So Jennifer Connelly, we should mention her. She was in this movie. I don't yeah. have anything else to say about it. Yeah. Uh, the end. I get. I, I hate to go back to lists, but you should see the lists of all the actresses who are, you know, somebody. Yeah. Now this I like, actually I have seen all the people that they considered. And Helena Bonham Carter yeah. apparently auditioned. Jane yep. Krakowski, Yasmin Bleeth. Yasmin Bleeth, yeah, of Baywatch Jessica, fame. Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker, Marissa Tomei, Laura Dern, Ali Sheedy, Maddie Corman, and Mia Sarah, who I confuse sometimes with Jennifer Connelly, at least in an <laughs> 80s context, because she was the Jennifer Connelly in character in Legend, basically. Yes. Uh, and yeah, and apparently she won Henson over. I, I, I guess her acting... Um, All right, so let's let me just make something perfectly clear. <laughs> when you get the part in this movie... The word win shouldn't be anywhere near it. <laughs> she lost. Breakthrough. That's Breakthrough. what I consider. In in the contest between her and all those other actresses you just mentioned, she yeah. lost. 
She got the short straw. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, I've heard Bowie is, like, still proud of this movie and still is like, oh, everyone always still comes up to me and remembers me from Labyrinth, and I'm sure now that it's on Netflix, it's uh, probably all over again, <laughs> although I would hope most people would be smart enough to avoid it. And right yeah. there, I just completely killed any chance I had of getting a Netflix endorsement on this show. But, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot more better stuff on, on Netflix that you should be watching. Uh, Netflix, if you're listening, I, I will be endorsed. I You can pay me. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, so, another person I should probably mention, and we're not going to spend any time on this because there's absolutely no reason to, but within the Goblin Corps, there was a young Warwick Davis. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes. I couldn't tell you which one he was because I didn't care enough to look it up, but I did. I do check the credits on all these movies to see if there's anybody I recognize, and of course, Warwick Davis stands out because it's Warwick Davis. Well, again, this this movie was filmed largely in the UK, so perhaps a lot of the uh, a lot of the people that turned up for uh, for Willow uh, turned yeah. up to play Goblin. I would I would be uh, very curious one day to get the n- number of, of people in the Elwyn Village and the number of people in the Goblin Corps and, and see how many of those people line up one for one. <laughs> the uh, the only other significant casting one that I that I noticed was Brian Henson, who has taken up the mantle of doing all the. The voices yes. that Jim done was right. the voice of Hoggle, and I can't believe I didn't notice that before. I mean, it, now that I know that I've read it, I'm like, well, of course that was a Henson. Like, oh yeah, clearly. It, it sounded like. Now I'm not going to be savvy and be like, oh, it sounded like Brian Henson. Sure. I thought it was Jim Henson, but <laughs> but then once I saw, it, I'm like, oh well, that makes sense. But man, okay, so can oh, we no. can we just talk about the character of Hoggle for a second? Oh, yeah. Can I? Why? Slam my head against the wall. Yeah. So <laughs> it was so annoying. He was he was the worst. He was the absolute worst. I mean, we're introduced to him taking a leak, and that's oh, yeah. <laughs> and nice, it yeah. goes downhill from there. Yeah, and that was the high point. Yeah, yeah. Was, and then, the character and was never funnier. Uh, subsequently, gassing fairies to death, which you know that, that's that's well, endearing stuff right there. In his defense, they were kind of wretched little fairies. They were, yeah, yeah. But and then, but wouldn't which, you be wretched if you had to hang out with Hoggle? I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I had the power of flight, I wouldn't be anywhere near Huggle. But that's true. <laughs> that's that's just me. I don't know. He's he's such an unlikable character, and I'm supposed to believe mm-hmm. like, oh well, they're friends, and you like him, and you're rooting for him at the end. Like, no, mm. no, I'm not. I really was. I'm on the bed to hug him. I wanted to throw up. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, remember when we were talking about <laughs> the penguin? In yeah. Batman Returns, and I was like, "Oh, why was he so little, disgusting, and revolting?" <laughs> I would have rather Danny DeVito reprised his role yes. as the Penguin, had been the Penguin in this somehow yeah. years before he was cast as the Penguin in Batman Returns. I would have rather seen the Penguin, mm. and that's saying oh, yeah. something because I did not like the Penguin. I I thought that the animatronic head was um, creepifying. I mean, yeah, I mean it. It worked, and it. I guess for the time, it was reasonably impressive. I mean, it was nothing more advanced than anything you'd seen in films around right. that time. But I mean, this is this is the Henson like. shop. These are the guys who did the you know the dogs from Ghostbusters. You know, they, they've done some phenomenal things. They did the Ninja Turtles. I mean, these are they're the best of the best. And you see this movie, and they don't look like they're the best of the best. They really look like they phoned it in the entire time. I mean, and <laughs> It was so overdone where they're showing up everywhere. These crazy, like, Muppety, second-rate characters. And, like, she can't interact with a wall. And she can't interact <laughs> with a worm or anything without it turning into some overly done Muppet experience. And it, it didn't work. And 
no offense to Miss Jennifer Connelly, but uh, she was not at 15 a good enough actress to even begin to make me believe any of these things were real. I mean, mm. she's reacting to a anthropomorphized door with about <laughs> the, the same gusto as she would reacting to, I think I'm going to eat the last yogurt. Yeah, and I like her. Uh, I've liked her in things since since this. Um, I, I, I have. I mean, Requiem uh, for a Dream, she was... Uh, as sad and sick as that movie is, she was very good yeah. in it. And uh, House of Sand and Fog, she's good in that too. Yeah. but she's not exactly bringing a tour de force here. No, I mean, I mean, when when Bowie uh, <laughs> uh, steals the scene, <laughs> and he's his his range is limited. Um, yeah, so I mean, let let's be clear here. When when David Bowie is literally the best actor in your film, <laughs> something has gone horribly horribly wrong. Although the, the baby wasn't that bad. Yeah, he was solid. The baby was solid. Yeah, solid performance. Uh, that baby can take some stairs like a champ. I'll tell you that. Mm. Yeah. Like, I don't know how old the baby is supposed to be, but I mean, like, they, they, I... they don't play it consistently, and I don't know if maybe this is the 80s and I'm very up-to-date on the modern parenting techniques, but I'm like, why is a baby who has that range of mobility sleeping in a bed that small... Yeah. I'm like she puts the blankets on him. I'm like, oh, you don't do that anymore. But I'm, I'm thinking back to my first year psych when we learned about Piaget's steps of development, and I don't think stairs are really going to be in his repertoire at that age. But, I wouldn't think so. I mean, yeah, you know, stairs. Babies can't really do stairs while they're infants. I mean, it, they it's the toddler stage, and he didn't seem like a toddler. <laughs> uh, but then, I mean, the baby actually was, and he was walking. So I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I was I was a little off put by. For how young they were trying to play the baby as being, to how actually developed the baby was, to the point where I'm just kind of shaking my head like, that's not a baby. Maybe it was all that exposure to goblin magic or... Goblin magic like will do that to you. Yeah. Um, the kid seemed, uh, after the initial shock, the kid seemed pretty okay with just hanging out with the goblins and David yeah. Bowie. Uh, I'd like to catch up with young, I think Toby Froud is the name of the kid. Yeah. What's he up to these days? Like, how damaged was he from this film? I was the baby in Labyrinth. I was the baby in Labyrinth. Wow. That's that's a sad... You, you know he's been in and out of rehab. <laughs> well, that's a little cruel. I mean, I was just wondering. Maybe Apparently, he had, like, some weird set of reality. That's for you for life. I'm sorry. Apparently, he was the son of the guy who did most of the conceptual work and illustrations that the film's production design was based on. So... There actually, mm. he actually was connected to the production in some way. Oh. Well, that's, I guess that's something. I mean, they're going to use one of their own kids, I suppose. But And Jennifer Con I can't believe I'm about to say this phrase on Hero Talk, but Jennifer <laughs> Conley had absolutely no chemistry with that baby. And we've reached no. a new low. Okay. <laughs> it just, no. the whole no. time she's like yelling at the baby and then she wants the goblins. I mean, I did not find the character of Sarah Williams to be anybody I could root for because she's such a terrible person and she yeah. doesn't really change in any traditional sense. She just kind of, all right, well now I got to get the baby back and then that's it. But I mean, she's yelling in the baby's face while he's crying about, you know, I hope, I hope you want to I don't know, take the <laughs> goblin. I don't know this. The whole thing is just kind of weird. And there's this whole other subplot where she's got some other story of goblins that apparently she invented this whole world in a yeah. book that she had I don't know. Yeah. Man, it's it, it, did nobody peer review this? <laughs> at no point did somebody look at this and be like, "Uh, yeah, I don't get it, Jim. I just well, don't get it." Here's the thing. It went through something like 23 to 24 different drafts. I don't believe that. After 
<laughs> I don't believe that for one second. After Terry Jones got his hands on it, and Bowie insisted on there being a lot more humor being added to it because he wanted the Goblin King character to have you know some of the funny lines and things like that. So, so when were they going to put the humor in it? <laughs> Did they just not get around to that part? Because I didn't, I didn't catch a lot of humor in this movie. Yeah, I, I, I read somewhere that apparently it was going through rewrites, like right up towards the end. There was still a treatment that it was in. Maybe during, parts. like at some point during, <laughs> like cameras were rolling and they were rewriting that scene while they were in it. Because yeah. that would have made sense. Yeah, it, it does. It, it does show, you know, considering how uh, it jumps around as much as it does. Um, there's, there's no continuity to it either. Like, it, you could have taken any of the scenes from from the labyrinth and just kind of restrung them in a different order, and you wouldn't have lost anything. Like, nobody would be lost. I mean, maybe people would wonder like who Ludo was, but given the Sarah, way this movie was going, maybe they wouldn't. They'd be like, oh, well. Sarah, friend. Now there's a big thing around her that was being attacked by goblins, and she threw rocks at it for... That's <sighs> <laughs> so wrong. can't believe I can do a passable Ludo. That's not something to be proud of. No, that's a sad day for you, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't like anybody in this movie. Ludo wasn't good. Didimus annoyed me so much. Yeah. Wait, which one's that? That's Didymus the, was the little... Was, fox. Was a fox? Is that what that was supposed to be? Well, I that guess. bird thing? Riding, no, the guy, the fox that rode the dog. <laughs> the, the rode the sheep Oh, I thought it was like a bird thing. But I, the white thing? Yeah. Whatever the hell he is? Yeah. Oh, that, that was a fox, I think. Yeah. I thought it was okay. a dog because it barked quite a bit. But <laughs> that was, it was hard to tell. I mean, that... I don't understand. Like, there's so it's so hard to talk about this movie because there's no. It was supposed to be illogical, so I feel like people are gonna think I just didn't get it. But it's possible to get it and still know it's bad, and that's what this movie was. It was a lot of I, I get it and I still know it's bad. I mean, it's. And, and, I, and I've I've read a lot about how you know they were trying to there there were themes of like her you know going from childhood to womanhood and all that stuff I get that it just unfortunately even with even through the prism of time it still comes off everybody's creepy <laughs> as it would have been to an adult audience it is super time. creepy when when <laughs> David Bowie is sitting there telling a fifteen year old girl to fear me love me love do as me. I say and I shall be your slave I shall be your slave like. You feel like you should be calling the police, you know? Like, yeah. um, yeah, I know it's been a while, but you should maybe talk to this Bowie guy. <laughs> By the way, uh, 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 one little bit of casting or crew thing that I think is worth mentioning. I don't know if you know this, Greg, but uh, the and I remember because because we're talking about the scenes where uh, she's you know being courted by Bowie, the one the yeah. one in the dance sequence, the the mask ball in particular. Yeah. Uh, the choreographer for this movie. None other than Gates McFadden, who is, of course, Dr. Crusher from Star Trek The Next Generation. Really? Apparently she has some history with the Henson Company and, has, and worked on a, on a bit of stuff. Uh, but yeah, she's only a choreographer credit uh, for this. Yeah, she. Ba- I've seen behind-the-scenes stuff where she's like d- directing the dance. You've seen behind-the-scenes stuff? The scenes stuff? I have. <laughs> I've seen, <laughs> seen behind-the-scenes I, I don't know how you could. Like, usually, usually, I finish a movie, because I know i got to do a hero talk. I know i got to somehow fill an hour. <laughs> so I finish a movie, and the next thing I do is I shoot online... And I try to hear everything I can about the movie and read whatever is out there. And then if I have the movie on DVD, which in this case I do not, um, (laughs) I will try to watch any extra behind-the-scenes footage. And when I don't have it on DVD, if it is a Netflix movie, I will usually pop to YouTube and try to learn anything I could about it. 
this movie was done, I turned it off and I said, no, I can't do it. I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't want to learn anything else about this movie. <laughs> um, and I was kind of hoping, since you looked at it and maybe liked it a little bit more than I did, you were going to kind of pick up the slack on it, which apparently you did, but it yeah. still disappoints me <laughs> a little bit. I, I, I've seen a couple of interviews where, and Bowie must have been going through a um, um, rehab phase when he did the interviews for Labyrinth because he is flat as anything when he's talking about it. I mean, he's he's talking about it in a positive way, but he's talking about it like he's been suppressed <laughs> for the pur- for the purpose of the interview. Like, uh, not a lot of uh, and the the Sarah Connolly interview stuff that I saw was well, he, yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this. There, I mean, there's not a lot to be proud of. Like once you see this movie, you can't really think to yourself, "Wow, so that's my that's my vehicle." Henson was shattered apparently at the commercial failure of this film. You you won't be surprised to hear, Greg or Jennifer, that uh, the uh, budget was about twenty five million. And yeah, the it box made half office, that, right? Yeah, twelve, not even thirteen. Now yeah, it's good because it's considered to be a cult film now. I would have to assume that it's probably profitable many times over, but uh, I don't know that Henson would have lived to see it become that sort yeah. of cult. And success. you know what? And as dark as this is, good. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Good. Hope he went to his grave regretting this movie. No, that's wrong. I'm sorry to the family. And, and it's funny. I, I don't want to spoil Dark Crystal on the because we. Could Why would it. you not want to spoil Dark Crystal? At what point? Oh. Even on this never. podcast, where we're a spoiler podcast, would you not want to spoil another one of Henson's movies? No, I just, I just mean in talking about it too much in a, because we could potentially do it, but uh, oh, like no. it was, it was, <laughs> even though it was more successful at the box office, it still had a lot of the criticisms that this film did in being too dark, no. um, and it certainly was not, and you know, Jennifer remarked that it didn't seem like Henson this film, and. I wonder whether I would recommend her watching Dark Crystal because it is a dark film too. I'm, sorry, I'm just shuddering dark? at the thought of actually doing a Dark Crystal hero talk. I mean, uh, I just, I just don't do you understand. Hate that one too? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand the concept of combining Muppets, which every kid adores, <laughs> to let's make it really dark and disturbing and make yeah. you feel like you're on acid. But why? <laughs> because the Hensons were on acid. <laughs> Like I, I mean, it was actually it was the 1980s, so that's when cocaine made a really big jump. <laughs> so, it was like a combination of both. Yeah, you, I mean, this do was. Do you remember the Jim Henson hour at all, Greg? Like I do. Enough, I do, do you, remember the Jim Henson. Do you remember hour. the storyteller segments, the ones? Yes, with the, like... those were on Netflix. Uh, I don't know if they still are, but they were, and I actually rewatched a lot of those. And yeah, yeah, those are those are crazy, but at least those are fun. Those aren't dark. Yeah. Those were actually kind of light and fun stories. But it's, yeah, it was and, dark in tone, but the stories were light and fun. If, yeah, if that makes based any on, sense. And based on fairy tales and stuff like that, so yeah. you didn't have to worry about the writing because they were based off of like you know yeah. well-rounded, well-known stories. I I, th- I think they got them as you just said. I think they got the tone of the you know mi- mixing the Henson stuff with the, the 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 fantasy story right, and it seems it feels like you know Labyrinth gets it a more than a bit wrong yeah. <laughs> based on your reactions, and yeah, Dark Crystal I, got a lot of criticism too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm I'm nervous about Dark Crystal because <laughs> I have also not seen Dark Crystal since since the 80s and so now i'm worried about like oh man i don't even they were both in my netflix queue and i'm considering just taking them both out but i feel like if you wanted to take a week off when we did dark crystal i could play you and probably predict a lot of your thoughts about you know which characters you hated which sections you liked (laughs) and stuff like the main the main character in dark crystal is probably the weak link honestly because he can be a bit of a whiny little 
yeah. so and so, but well, least, whiny little so and so is a theme in Jim Henson films, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So what what role did Lucas really play in this? I know he was like an executive producer, but I mean, Lucas uh. Lucas is usually now this was back when Lucas wasn't uh, insane, mm. and he actually contributed and brought something to the movies he was doing and. Did did he not at any point in time come in and be like, "What's the story of this?" When Henson's like, "I don't know," and Lucas said, "Uh, was Ron Howard available?" Um, George Lucas actually did touch on the script a few times, but he was one of a cast of many, many people. How do how does this not? You know, I've we've done a couple of these hero talks, and a running theme is whenever the movie is just bad and. It's usually the result of there being way too many writers on the script. Like, at what point does somebody not realize, hey, you know what? We need to scrap this and start over again. How is yeah. that not? like? He he was actually very involved in the editing, too, apparently, of the final cut of the film, Lucas. So he does have some culpability there, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, no. Oh, George. <laughs> George, the editing but, you was know, awful. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was such a mess that no editor of any stripe could have saved. Because you know, I, even as someone who enjoys it more than you two, I agree. You you could have thrown, you could have rolled the dice and reordered a lot of these scenes, and it wouldn't have mattered very much. I mean, really. it's, like, it's so arbitrary. She, hmm. I mean, other than a couple of things that have to happen in order, like she needs to eat the. I guess it was a peach. Peach, yeah. Yeah, she needs to eat the peach. And then have the weird ballroom acid trip, because if you did it the other way around, it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. Except the weird stairs acid trip thing happened when she was apparently stone cold sober, so what do yeah. I know? Maybe that could... Yeah. Goblin and there magic. Was, there was this, this weird port... <laughs> why, why would she go up there alone, too? That whole thing where, like, no, I have to do this alone. Based on what rules? <laughs> you just decided that. The only reason you think you have to do this alone is because the script made you say that. <laughs> yeah. Why are you talking about her? eating the peach and tripping out. Can we talk about my least favorite scene in the entire movie? Sure. What was your least favorite Uh-oh. scene? <laughs> I feel funny saying that because I hate the whole thing. Yeah, But it's the one bad. part when I was like, I just cannot take this anymore. This is torture. Why am I doing this to myself? Is that scene with, what do they call Jeff? Yeah, for the, for the people that are more familiar, the scene she's talking about is the scene with the fireies. <laughs> fireys that yeah. are dancing around and ripping their heads off and oh. I just the graphics are terrible that whole sequence made me want to like stick a pencil in my eye yeah. not, yeah, not those, exaggerating that's pretty it's the whole thing is pretty rough like i it, it that scene just felt like unnecessary padding like it they it's just gimmicks it's gimmick after gimmick and they had this gimmick like hey we let's make some guys who take their heads off <laughs> and that was the scene, and that was as much thought as that scene got. It, yeah, it's all. You're, I think you're right, Greg. I think you're honest with me. I think it's almost like, well, there's there's certain techniques in puppetry. We haven't done the the you know black screen for lack of a better. You know what I'm getting yeah. at, right? Where right. thing yet? So let's throw that in. <laughs> like, it didn't fit with the rest of the film. Even fans of Labyrinth hate the Fireys, by the way. I should point out it's uh, it's actually a, not a, not an uncommon reaction to the Fireys. So yeah, I, I found. And and as someone who doesn't much care for the music, that is by far the weakest song in the bunch too. So, I, yeah. They're all pretty weak, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> uh, although I think you remind me of the babe might just have to be the cold <laughs> open for this episode. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I don't see what else it could be. We just got to set the tone right away. Well, either that or the quote about the bog of eternal stench or something like that. Given how much of a stinker you think it is, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, careful with that antique. It's a joke. <laughs> I screwed that up. Now I got my stinger. 
Yeah, I mean, I just there's there's no redeemable quality to this. I'm glad it lost money. Um, <laughs> did it even get good reviews? I mean, uh, do, do you remember any of the reception for it? Was it just it got mixed critical response? There was a lot of there was a lot of um, you know what you would expect from a movie from from what people said about Henson a lot. You know that the that he took the puppetry to the next level and all that sort of stuff. But uh, like. Sarah, both Sarah Connolly and Bowie's um, Jennifer Connolly, by the j- way. Sorry, Jennifer Connolly and Sarah, Jennifer Connolly <laughs> and Sarah's performances were e- equally panned and defended. Which, which is uh, there's no some, defense. What, some, who, I, who would defend it? <laughs> no, I want names. I want names. Who defended their performances? Who looked at David Bowie and Jennifer Connolly in this film and said, "Perfect." I want, and, I want Siskel to know. Siskel and Ebert both put thumbs down, by the way, and they called yeah. it a visually u- ugly style, <laughs> overly complicated oh. plot. Somebody, and I, I wrote it down because I love this quote, somebody referred to Bowie as an oddly charismatic kabuki sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that seems about spot on, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it. I, I, I scanned through a bunch of them because the Wikipedia article links to a treasure trove of them, and uh, you hear the word you know rich fantasy and stuff like that written over and over again. Um, yeah, it, it's but Did, very but very mixed. People oh. call this a rich fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I think this this could classify as a very heavily in the poor fantasy. Like when pe- when people say rich fantasy, and somebody goes like, "Well, what would not be a rich fantasy?" I would say, "Well, have you seen Labyrinth? Yeah. That's what's not a rich rich fantasy. That's when." You just want to say, let's make it fantasy, and you don't give it any more thought than that. Mm. There, there's actually uh, there were a number of people that were surprised that it didn't do as well as Dark Crystal as well. Which I mean, they both their films that both have their problems, so I don't know why they would have been that surprised. But yeah, twenty five million was a pretty healthy budget for a film in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, eighty six. That's a pretty decent budget. But... <laughs> uh, considering that we're not casting very many human beings. In the thing. <laughs> no, but it did. Uh, it did open. I, I looked at this this much. All right. So when this movie was out, it was up against like Karate Kid Part Two, Top Gun, oh, and oh. Ferris. Bueller's Day Off. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it was. It was. It would not set up for success. Not that that would have helped. No. I'm just saying. Like there was. Those were some pretty big movies from 1986 that were out at the time that you really couldn't get around. I wonder where that ranks in the hierarchy of Lucasfilm films in terms of box office. I bet you it's near the basement. To be honest, it, it has to be. I mean, L- Lucas. Even even now, even when people don't like the guy. They still go see his movies three times. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I know people who walked out of episode one going like, that movie was awful. I'm going to go again just so I can remember all the awful stuff about (laughs) it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I I knew one set of guys who were just like, oh, that movie was so bad, I'm only going to buy one set of collectible action figures. Um, by the way, another another point for, and this might not be surprising to people to know the Henson Irver well. There were quite a number of the writers, the revolving door of script writers, were Fraggle Rock people. <laughs> oh, That's sad man. I like Fraggle Rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I was. I, this is the hard thing, and I'm I'm kind of with Jen on this. Is that when you grow up loving everything Henson, and then you you, you realize that he did a whole bunch of this other like more adult tw- like adult skewed stuff. And you think like, oh, I'd love to see, like, I can't even imagine what the mind of Henson would be in an adult world. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, you know what? (laughs) You just stick to the letter C and the number three. (laughs) 
you know, and Muppet Babies. Yeah, yeah. right in your wheelhouse there, right at the kid level. That's apparently where you yeah. thrive. When I when I have fond memories of eating Pop Tarts cross legged yeah. two feet from the TV, I'm good with that memory. I don't I, want to be marred by this bullshit. I think the Henson that has the wide appeal, and you'll both probably agree with this, is is like the Muppet movie or Muppet Caper type stuff where you can see why it would appeal to kids. But yeah. it's got the adult cameos and the adult jokes thrown in there that aren't mm-hmm. like over the top, like, eh. But <laughs> yeah. know, that, so that people of all ages can can appreciate it, that sort of stuff. I think right. that's the that's Yeah, the I mean, that's, that's where he sticks. But like, he's got to stick with the Muppets and, and their family. You know the Sesame Street family, the Fraggle Rock guys; those are all kind of in the in the same general vicinity in my, in my mind. Uh, yeah, like the last Muppet movie that came out, I saw that in theaters and I enjoyed it. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's is that the one with uh, Tina Fey and uh, Yeah, Ricky I didn't Sh- I didn't mm-hmm. see that. Ricky Gervais and a bunch of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I didn't even think those were. I mean, ever since Disney took it over, I guess they're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Disney likes to just keep buying up things for my youth. Yeah. Actually, yeah. One thing I wanted to ask <laughs> you, Greg. Speaking of youth, sure. Um, you've you've been you've been um, an, an avid collector of um, collectibles for lack of I, at, at one word. point in time in my life I was yes. Yeah. Did you ever encounter? And obviously you wouldn't have looked it up specifically because you didn't really care about the film before anyway. But did you ever encounter labyrinths? figures or collectibles at any point like when you were flipping through these catalogs that does such a thing exist where they're like figurines is there a hoggle bobble head out there you <laughs> know i uh i don't think i have ever ever come across labyrinth stuff now i have seen dark crystal stuff before mm, me too but uh, i i don't think i've come across anything from labyrinth i mean and anything at least in the traditional collectibles i i want to say at some point though in at one point in my journeys i did see a jareth bobblehead <laughs> which i mean is is just about exactly like you're picturing it in your head right now yeah uh so i guess i've seen a little bit now that i'm thinking about it but i, re- I can remember as a kid the cereal boxes had the labyrinth tie-in stuff on the back yeah uh, but that's a long time ago obviously <laughs> yeah well that was back when cereal boxes used to actually have a prize in them <laughs> yep and now they don't just, anymore i don't the think they do. sugar yeah do they still have a prize i don't know like I, I I still buy kids cereal, but I, I buy it at BJ's in the big giant bins because those little boxes. I don't I don't play around anymore. I'm an adult cereals business now, so I don't know if they still make have toys at the bottom of the box, but I know the the big old bins of, of cereal that I'm buying don't have them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Nobody nobody knew. I was really sort of hoping one of you at least still liked kids cereals. Uh, I know I, I do. Honey Nut yeah. Cheerios, does that count? Like... That does not count. <laughs> no. Which Hot is flakes. probably my favorite cereal, but um, I, I also, I'm really, pebbles. I'm a huge fan of Captain Crunch. Yes, I am too, actually. And no Crunch Berries. I don't know who came up with those, but that guy needs to be taken out and shot. <laughs> I don't want Crunch Berries in my Captain Crunch. I just want Captain Crunch. <laughs> now I want cereal. Yeah. Who's, remember that they had that cereal one time? It was the Just Crunch Berries. Yeah. It lasted for like a month until what? nobody bought them. <laughs> People's like mouths were bleeding. Oh, like raisin <laughs> brand with just raisins. That's crazy. I know. Time. It was uh, so so terrible. Anyway, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Some Labyrinth, stupid movie with <laughs> this terrible yeah. movie with terrible Muppets. Oh. I it, it, I feel so bad now because of any of the creatures in there that kind of look like a Muppet have now ruined that Muppet for me. <laughs> but it's uh, this was 
I just this movie was just a giant mess. I cannot, for the life of me, think of a good reason for somebody to go see it. Even now, if you're the guy listening to this podcast, one of my six faithful listeners <laughs> who is listening to this podcast, thinking like, "Huh, I haven't seen Labyrinth. Maybe I should see it so I can understand what they're talking about." No, no, my friend, Mm-mm. you Mm-mm. do not go see this movie. You go see Willow or one of the other movies that we've talked about and have quite liked, but. Don't have see to be, this movie. You'd have to be a pretty hardcore Henson fan or someone who just wanted to see the differences in the designs of the characters and stuff like that. And yeah. Even that is a stretch for someone. This, who I guess if you really needed to plot. see it, uh, mute it, first of all. Just mute it. <laughs> and don't focus too too much on it because you're going to give yourself a headache. Like, maybe have it on in the background while you're playing FTL or something. And you can kind of look over every now and then and kind of see, like, oh, I kind of see the designs they were going for there. And then you can look back at your screen and, like, play your game. That's how you enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best I can say for it. Like, that's the only way I could justify anybody ever adding this to their Netflix queue and pressing play. And Which is also the only way I could ever justify anybody watching this movie. Do not go buy this thing on DVD, <laughs> DVD or Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Just do not. You could probably get it pretty cheaply, too. Like, I don't know. Is, cheap. Did it even get a Blu-ray release? It had it to, have, right? Because did, people yeah. are all over this movie. Yeah, it did, yeah, and it uh, it's done pretty well, apparently. <laughs> oh, of course, it has. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. Did this movie ever get a sequel? No, it got a it got a manga sequel. What? Okay, <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm wait, 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 yeah, wait. Yeah. So the sequel to Labyrinth was a manga. Yep, yep, they licensed it to... Uh... Did it get a release in the States, or is it just in Japan? <sighs> I mean, Tokyo Pop releases everything they do in the States, so I have to assume um, th- that they that they did. And um, I-, I even heard rumors at one point that they were planning on doing a prequel, like a graphic novel, like how like of how Gareth became the Goblin King or something like wow, that. Wow, of all the questions in cinema that I never <laughs> yeah. wanted answered. Yeah, it's like how the did Pirate Gareth? Roberts, you know? I like, know, you have really. You have take his place? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, you know I mean that's as random as arbitrary as anything else in this movie. Like, was there a sequel? Yeah, it was a manga. Of course, of course I, it was a manga. I, Why I would I expect a movie sequel to this? There's so many people in this film that I like independently a lot of this film. Like, I like Bowie. I like Jennifer Connelly. I like mm-hmm. Den- I, I like a lot of the writers, including Terry Jones and Dennis mm-hmm. Lee. Yeah. Like their work a lot. I like Henson, obviously. And and uh, and yet they all manage to come together in a way that provides something that's less than. It's the worst satisfying. of everybody, basically. <laughs> it's it's yeah. taking the absolute least out of every single person in this movie, and you put it all together, and and that's what you get. You know, it's uh, should I say not good? Can we can <laughs> we can we dig that one up again? <laughs> we went from the bat- from Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's dust it off. Yeah. Let's just dust that one off, like, not good, um, which may be a little too good for this movie. Like, this movie is bad. Not so bad it's good. Not, you know, oh, it's terrible, but it's funny. This movie is uh, was a chore to watch, and, yeah. it, and it was a strain it's on true. me just to try to give it the, the time of day to even do it for this podcast. And the only reason I even wanted to do it is because you mentioned it during Willow. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the only excuse we had, right? Yeah, and if I recall correctly, you said you enjoyed this movie a little bit more than Willow. 
Do I, am I remembering that correctly? Do well, I need to stone you now? I mean, when I when I was a little kid, I'd probably have agreed with that, but only because yeah. I had more exposure to it. Like Willow was one of those films I saw once, enjoyed, and then after that, it was kind of like a memory, you know. Uh, Labyrinth, I saw a lot. I mean, like I, I've even seen it a number of times recently. So there's no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuse. Because <laughs> first of all, Willow is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And I love Willow, and it's charming. And Jen, who got the very unique experience of watching these both for the first time solely for my podcast. Yep. <laughs> the dizzying highs. Yeah. <laughs> the, desperate the unspoken rule of hero talk is if you do a good movie, you then have to do a bad movie. <laughs> I am paying that price. Yeah, so, yeah. Jen, you're paying the price for Willow right now. So this movie, right. because I there's only so many ways you can say it's bad. And because Jen kind of jumped the gun on this a little bit, but I let her do it. Oh. I've decided that for this movie, before we talk about our favorite parts, we're going to talk about our least favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. Now, oh. Jen, I'll let you go again. <laughs> uh, but we'll start with Jeff. Jeff, what was your least favorite part of this movie? Um, I, I mean, the, I've always hated the fireys. And all honestly, like mm. before Jenna even brought it up, I knew that that was going to be the part that she hated the most. It's just, it's awful. Um, I also... Um, I tend to I, I tend to dislike the scenes when she has to interact with the baby at all. <laughs> yeah. In any way, I just I don't I don't like it when she's yelling at the kid. I don't like it when she when she makes up. Uh, like I, she's I, clearly very uncomfortable with that baby. Yeah. And I don't know if it's Jennifer Connelly acting like Sarah, who's uncomfortable with the baby, or if Jennifer Connelly is literally uncomfortable around the baby. Yeah. But yeah, no. The, for me, it's probably the fires. But not to steal her thunder, probably yeah, probably that and um, the. Uh, uh, I'd have to say that the, the I've always disliked that mask ball scene as well. Too. It was, <laughs> even as a young kid, I found it creepy. And as I got older, I began to understand why I why it was so creepy. I mean, it's visually, you know, it, it's an interesting visual thing that they're doing there. But it's, it's interesting just, visually, it's just, but the connotations that go yeah. along with that scene <laughs> are a little and it's iffy. on the poster. It's on the fucking poster. <laughs> <laughs> what? It, Why? it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you want me to wait to do my favorite, or no, no, no? I, we're we're going to do favorites after this. Okay, okay. So, so Jen, I'm going to let you go again because there's plenty of <laughs> no, material here. <laughs> what I, is oh, yeah. what? What would be your least favorite part of this movie outside of what you've already mentioned? Okay, outside of that, whenever Bowie was singing. <laughs> yeah, I can't those are pick one. I'm sorry, they're equally <laughs> that's, awful. That's that's more than fair, I believe. Yeah. I okay. So my least favorite part of this movie. Now this is this is gonna sound kind of weird because given everything that was wrong with this movie, my least favorite part is this whole opening sequence before she's even in the labyrinth. Oh. Her interaction with like her her stepmom and her dad, and she's just being whiny for the sake of being whiny, and then yelling at the kid and like uh, the whole thing. Just like oh, this is so so terrible. And like first of all, the stepmother is not a very responsible dog owner. You don't just send the dog to the garage. <laughs> So that gets me. We have Jennifer Connelly like just coming out to say the lines in the stupid play that she's creating in her head. I don't mm. never really knew where that was coming from. <laughs> then she, you know, runs home again. Dog not on a leash. Irresponsible dog owner runs home through the rain in, in what what took way too long. Like it's it's so extended, and then throws this hissy fit at home. Runs up to her room. Her parents are like, oh, can I talk to you? And then, oh, I'm fine. Okay, I'm going to leave. And then she throws a hissy fit about that. And then she throws a fit because the kid's crying. 
And the whole time I'm shaking my head, and I'm also a little hypersensitive to a kid crying at this point, so the fact that she tries to ignore him bothers me a little bit. So mm-hmm. the whole time, the, this whole movie, you spend the first like 15 minutes of the movie just conditioning me to strongly dislike, if not outright hate, the character of Sarah Williams. <laughs> and then you want me to spend the next you know, hour and 40 minutes rooting for her, and it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. So my least favorite part of the movie would have to be, uh, yeah, would have to be that opening sequence. And if I could extend it out a little bit, um, every scene with Jennifer Connelly. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see the Greg director's cut. (laughs) Yeah. The Greg director's cut is, uh, I don't even know what would be in it. Just the kid, I think. (laughs) In my my version of the movie, Toby beats Jareth. Yeah. So, so that's that's my least favorite part. All right, so now let's all right, let's suck it up, <laughs> pick ourselves up. We gotta we gotta muscle through this one. What were your favorite parts of the movie? And Jen, we're gonna start with you. What, was your, what was your favorite yeah. part of this movie? Oddly enough, right after I have to, I'll, I'll pick two. But yeah. this first one, right after she summons them, if you will, or mm-hmm. says her whatever her magic words were. Yeah. There's this like half a minute that I was really enjoying the movie. That's the only thing I enjoyed through the whole movie when the Muppets just started appearing in little glimpses. Yeah. And when, really when it kind of felt a little bit more like a traditional like yeah. like drama scary horror movie. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe I can get on board with this movie, even though she's been annoying the crap out of me. And mm-hmm. yeah, then it kind of went downhill after that right. little bit. But and then Jareth kind of shows up, and then you're like, oh, you know what? I'm out. Yeah, and um, my other favorite scene was there was there's this pretty cool part where it's it's kind of chill and then the screen just kind of goes black and then there's a lot of a lot of names. I was happy about that part. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that part. That was a good part. That was a good scene. I don't know. I think that was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Jeff, um, I I can't even wait to hear this one, Jeff. What was your favorite part of this movie? <laughs> I, I I actually any of the scenes where it's Gareth interacting with Hoggle and kind of like you know uh, Hoggle weaseling around and him threatening him I I, I enjoy those parts they they kind of work because you get to see a, you know it's 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 as close as outright comedic as as the film gets you know him him simpering and him you know telling him what he's gonna do to him if he doesn't do as he says that sort of stuff I kind of like that stuff when I was a kid I liked the Bog of Eternal Stench just because of the fart noises I have to admit that's that's kind of lost some. <laughs> of its appeal to me now, has it <laughs> as really an adult yeah <laughs> you know just five minutes of that basically yep yeah um, all right yeah. I, I just i i I'm, I'm thinking back to all these scenes and i've just i can't think of anything that was redeemable about the scenes with jareth and hoggle i mean it's very hard to be a fan of a scene with hoggle in it because hoggle was such a a worthless contribution to this movie <laughs> um oh what could I don't I'm trying to think of what my favorite scene could possibly be. I would have to say maybe uh when the fairy bites Jennifer Connelly's character. <laughs> Not that whole scene, just the bite. <laughs> I think I'm a fan of when Jennifer Connelly gets bit by the fairy. <laughs> and maybe when the fairy dies too. I think maybe I was that a fan of the fairies fun. dying. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh shame Hoggle was in that scene, so it's not but I mean, I guess favorite can be relative. I was also a big fan of that scene that Jen mentioned towards the end, when they were all like hanging out in her bedroom, then the screen went black. I would say what probably kept that from being my favorite is some song came on during that scene. Um, oh yeah, that's right. 
And I wasn't a huge fan of that song. And then, uh, is there anything after the credits or any stingers? Because obviously I shut it down there, as soon as there that may, happened. There may have been another owl flapping thing. I, I, I don't remember. You'd I, think I would the number of times I've seen it. Yeah. But there may have been an owl flying around, possibly. Yeah, no. Credits hit, I turned it off. Me too. I turned it off. <laughs> no. I couldn't lean on the stop button fast enough. <laughs> I cannot believe that you have any fondness for this movie at all. I, I just, it's beyond me. This movie had nothing. I, I understand why I could watch it once, 25 plus years ago, and say I'm never coming back to it. Because I, I just wish I'd remembered well, long enough about that so that when it came time to think of movies for hero talk and Labyrinth came up, I could just say <laughs> no. Said no, a thousand times no. Absolutely not. I will not do Labyrinth. But Wow. I mean, this there's so and there were so many things that are bad. I mean, we're talking about least favorite scenes. Like there could have been the entire movie. Remember when they were in the Goblin City and there was that part where like all the, the goblins are coming after them and it's it, that could have been my least favorite scene where all the rocks are then chasing the goblins around and all those weird goblin machines are there and getting hit by rocks. That could have been my least favorite scene. Um, there was the weird stairs with with Jareth and and and. Sarah and the baby, and that could have been my least favorite scene. Um, can can we also talk about how there was like no? I didn't feel like there was any climax at the very end. There really like, was. There was no confrontation. Like, there was no. Is, it was it, like wait, what? Yeah, the confrontation just seemed like it was. Oh, let's see if she can recite those lines from the beginning of the movie she couldn't remember. Yeah, final temptation. And, and the and line then, that she yeah. couldn't remember is "You have no power over me." Like, oh yeah, that's pretty hard. That's difficult. That was complex. I'm glad it was something that was really going to strike home. Yeah, there was there was no real resolution and then all these things show up in her room and I guess uh, are are we are we maybe being too literal is is she just having a hallucination? Is that what this whole thing was? I I mean, I I I've always just interpreted it as a bad dream <laughs> sort of thing and little else. But uh, an overactive when they're in her bedroom at the end, is she still asleep? Or is it that, imagination? I think that's just it? her saying, "All right, I'm going to be an adult now, but like you know, I you know, I'm never going to completely let go of things from my childhood, and little more yeah. than that." <laughs> yeah, I love that theory. Like in in, I like that concept in theory, but yeah, it wasn't really executed in a no. way that I could get on board with. Yeah, because it still just came out as okay. So she ended up in this labyrinth, and you know, the she fought the trolls or goblins or whatever didn't at one point they call them trolls and they got really offended by that yeah I am, I, so. am i remembering that correctly i don't know <laughs> i don't know it was just it i was trying to give this movie some benefit of the doubt and i was thinking of anything grasping at anything to make this a little more sane for me and the the only thing i was really coming up with the only thing that would really almost save this movie for me was just thinking like well Maybe they're going to come up with some creative way. And bear in mind, I've seen it before, but I had forgotten basically everything. Like, maybe there's some creative resolution to this whole thing towards the end about how it was all in her head, but something, something, I don't know. I was maybe being a little more hopeful than I than I should have been. Because as it turns out, she just was going to wake up, and then there's no the real actual resolution to what was going on. And I mean, I, I guess the only thing that was really even almost close to being deep was when she's in that junkyard and they go to her room and they're, like, strapping all of her favorite things to herself. Yeah. Kind of yeah. being like, all right, so you're kind of going somewhere with that, but then it ends with all the walls falling down and she gets pulled out and hoggles there. And 
Yeah. Once Hoggle's there, any deep meaning you had just kind of gets thrown out the window. <laughs> yeah. So I tried to give this movie a fair shake. Is what I'm trying to say. Like I, I was not just ready to destroy it, the, even though I disliked just about every scene I saw. <laughs> but I, it just it didn't. It lost me, and it never really got me back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now is the time on Hero Talk where we give this movie a score. So, Jeff, we're going to start with you. Well, What uh, would you give Labyrinth? I, you know, accepting the fact that I had a, you know, that, that it's still something that uh, I saw and enjoyed a lot as a kid um, and obviously don't enjoy nearly as much as a, an adult, I will give it six uh, poisonous magic peaches out of ten. <laughs> six out of ten. That's way more generous than this movie really deserves. Jen, I cannot wait to hear this one, actually. <laughs> what do you give Labyrinth? I am going to give it one half, just a half, of an acid-tripping Muppet out of five. <laughs> one half, half out of five. Just and I think half. that's maybe being half. a little generous. <laughs> I am not going to assign this movie a number, because I don't think it's even <laughs> earned a number. <laughs> to score Labyrinth, I give Labyrinth the Bog of Eternal Stench. <laughs> because like the Bog of concept, Eternal Stench, please. once you step in this movie, you will reek of it forever, and it stays with you, and you can't ever wash you it off. You can't ever wash it off. And that is this movie. That was the best score ever. <laughs> <laughs> We're dispensing with numbers. Yeah, it's it doesn't even it doesn't even rate a number. It's just the Bog of Eternal Stench. I, I like cannot that. believe I went back and watched this movie again. I almost would have made it through my entire life thinking, I kind of remember that movie. I think I liked it. It's a cult classic. Now I know. You know, I have to mention this, too, before we before we end this. Sure. Everyone that knows me knows that I'm a huge horror fan. Now, That's true, yes. Among the many years of working with many different people at the restaurant that I was at for nine years, a lot of them would go, oh, yeah, I love horror movies, too. Have you ever seen Labyrinth? <laughs> and at the time, I didn't know what they were referring uh, to. So I was like, don't... no, I've heard it's like this fantasy movie. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd like it, Jen. Why? Yeah, you kind of want to go punch those people... people now. This is what you think of me? <laughs> I, I don't know what's meant to be scary about it. Like, when she falls down the hole and gets groped by those thousands of hands, that's a little that's... bit creepy. Yeah, but not that was scary, a very strong really? contender for my least favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I'm just kind of curious why people always have equated horror with me to, with Labyrinth now that I've seen it. Mm. Kind of makes me angry. Yeah, there's nothing... Like, oh, so I love horror, so you think I'm demented and on drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, I, don't, I don't get the, the correlation at all. I mean, other than maybe that one scene you already mentioned. Uh, yeah, and, the, and the cleaner in the tunnel, maybe. But again, that you know, that's that's not scary the moment it keeps the cleaner in the tunnel. That's not even remotely scary. That's just... <laughs> I wanted them to get squished. Yeah, if they get squished, the movie's over. <laughs> yeah oh but let yeah. me tell you when going back and thinking about this movie the idea that like she was heading straight towards the castle at the beginning and that stupid worm turned her around <laughs> like looking back like oh that stupid worm if she had just gone left this movie would have been done yeah. she would have just gone straight to the castle stupid worm screwed it up for all of us yeah why wouldn't yeah. you even ask the question though I mean if you're going to be taking your advice from a worm why, why would you not even ask, like, don't go that way? Oh, okay. Just want to know what what is that way, specifically so in case the worm says, oh, there's a <laughs> castle that way. <laughs> but I don't know. That that whole her running down that one 
pathway, like right at the very beginning, as soon as she enters the labyrinth. Yeah. Did that seem to take way too long to anybody else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just seemed like you're, she's walking and then running, and she's going down this way for so long, and it felt like it was like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like chariots of fire. Yeah, like, okay, I get it. Uh, can we can we move it along? I understand she's gone a long, long time, but I'm not I'm not seeing why we have to wait so long for any kind of resolution to this. Hey, have you noticed we've come full circle and we're back at the beginning of the film tearing strips off? <laughs> <laughs> there's, th- th- there's no shortage of material when it comes to tearing apart this film. Is this a two-parter, I mean, Greg? <laughs> just, just pick a scene. Pick any scene. And we, we'll have something to tear apart. Oh, you know? what about when they were dancing and tossing the baby around? Yeah, what was up with <laughs> that? Granted, like, okay, caught, first of all, it, but... the most obviously fake baby I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> all right, people want to give American Sniper some trash for having a fake baby. That was a fake baby. <laughs> just flopping around. Yeah, just flopping around while they're throwing it up in the air. Just for I don't I don't understand the whole singing about the song and. That song is is awful. By the way, you remind mm-hmm. me of the babe. And then they do that little, you know, what who do voodoo? What do who do you do? Remind me of the babe. Oh no, <laughs> no. And that was wasn't that the first song that was actually in the movie? I think mm, so. I think so. Technically, yeah. yeah. I want to say that was the song when I was reminded that. Oh yeah. By the way, this is a musical. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's it's I, not obvious up to that point. That well, because you get about a half hour into the movie before they sing their first song. <laughs> I was jotting down notes, just little thoughts while I was watching it. And mm-hmm. one of the four, before I decided I don't even want to waste my pen on it. <laughs> I'm so surprised you made it that long. Yeah. <laughs> the last one I wrote was, oh no, music. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I am. Did usually, I not warn you? Did I? I'm so I good at this something? about you know keeping notes during movies, and this one I didn't make it five minutes in before I said no, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna write down notes. I am gonna punt this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? As soon as the music started, somewhere in the back of my head, I remember somebody mentioning that this was a musical. I had no memory of this being a musical, which is weird. Like, I was legitimately shocked when the music started. I, I didn't even think, like, oh, yeah, I guess there was music in it. No, I was... I Even to this day, I do not remember music being in the first time I saw this movie. It made me wonder if, like, did, did I actually see this movie? But, I don't know, was David Bowie a weird goblin guy in any other movies that I would have seen and gotten this confused with? No, just this one. No, yeah, so I've seen this movie. It's just no lasting impression, which is for the worse, because it made me watch it again, so... <sighs> yeah, that's about right. That's about right. This is this is my least favorite hero talk that I have ever done. Because usually I have so much to say and I, I have I have so many strong feelings about the movie we saw and this one was such trash. And not even the good trash. This was just I the bad trash. I had fun trashing it though. I guess it's fun trashing it, but it's so exhausting because yeah. I had to watch it. Yeah, that's true. It. I mean, at least I I could at least enjoy watching Batman Returns a second time and laughing at it. But I I, I didn't even enjoy laughing at this movie. It was just such a it was it was such a burden to watch this movie with with so something that could be so random and have so much arbitrary just nonsense to it, and still somehow be tremendously boring and and. <laughs> Like, how do you have an anthropomorphic fox riding a dog as his steed, and I see it and I go, "Oh, is this done yet?" <laughs> like, you have you had everything. I don't I don't understand how you couldn't at least make it watchable. And 
I, I will never understand. Like, sometimes movies are cult classics, and you watch them, and they're quite good. And you, you, you understand why they become cult classics. Mm-hmm. This one, I yeah. don't get it. I feel like this is just some kind of hipster movie where people started saying they liked it. And nobody wants to admit that they really don't, because then people will think they just don't get it. Yeah. I, I really I really don't think there's anything to get. I just think you had to have seen it <laughs> at a particular time I, for it yeah, to have any impact so. on you. you know? Yeah. Um, that's the only reason I can... I mean, I can't think of any uh, very many qualitative reasons why <laughs> I should look... Think no, I mean, I, I, I very much meant it when I, when I said to my listeners, all six of you, don't watch <laughs> this movie. <laughs> there's no reason to even watch. Don't even, you don't even want to see how bad it is. Just don't believe the it. hype, in other words. Yeah, don't believe the hype. All right, you know what? Mercifully, I'm going to call this one. <laughs> and that was Labyrinth. All right, so uh, Jeff and Jen, I am so sorry. <laughs> you owe me. I am so we so might sorry. we might need to take a break before we take a <laughs> shot at Dark Crystal actually just cuz I don't know how that's going to go. I mean <laughs> I I cannot handle Dark Crystal right now. Just I I don't think I could handle it. I need to find a better movie to watch between here and Dark Crystal cuz I can't do it. I don't know that Batman Forever is necessarily that movie <laughs> just, just just between you and me. Yeah, we'll we'll come up with something. Don't worry, Hero Talkians. I don't like that at all. Sorry, I'm retiring that right now. I'll We're come just up with enthusiasts and leave it at <laughs> yeah, that. Enthusiasts. All right. Uh, so, guys, th- thank you for for doing this. I understand that this was probably more of a burden than some of the other movies that I've assigned out, uh, and I'm sorry. That's okay. We'll We're forgive well. you someday. <laughs> we'll be okay. All right. Uh, hey, if you have a movie you want us to discuss, as long as it's not Dark Crystal. Uh, you can go ahead and send that email to HeroTalk at Enthusiacs.com and we'll take a look at it. For more of our podcasts, Let's Plays, articles, videos, reviews, you can check out Enthusiacs.com or you can look at us on Twitter at Enthusiacs or subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's uh, Enthusiacs and Enthusiacs are uh, our Twitch TV account. What is the address for that, Jeff? Twitch.account? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry, I, sh- I if I had feels time, like that's uh, something I should have figured out before I went to. Yeah, I was going to write that down for my show notes, and I've gone and forgotten. Yeah, so that's I think it's Twitch.tv/enthusiacs. Yeah, leave that. Yeah. yeah. And as always, we will see you right back here for the next Hero Talk. Yeah.